This Bible teaching comes to you from the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Here now is Pastor Emmanuel Mbakwe with the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Always, always a privilege to be able to stand and share God's Word. It's something that I do not take lightly and I'm grateful to God for the opportunity today um, to share something from his word. And we are continuing with our theme, the ties that bind. The last time I spoke on it and today we're going to again look into God's words and hear what God is saying to us on this theme or topic. Without further ado, let's go straight into God's word. I'm going to read two passages of scripture, one uh, a verse and then the other uh, a chapter both from the book of Samuel. First Samuel chapter 20 and verse 42. Then Jonathan said to David, go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, may the Lord be between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and departed and Jonathan went into the city. Then second Samuel chapter 9 from verse 1 to 13, very well known. Now David said, Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called him to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? He said, At your service. Then the king said, Is there still is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba said to the king, There is a still a son of Jonathan who is lame in his feet. So the king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, Indeed, he is in the house of Micaiah, the son of Amiel, in Lodibar. Then King David sent and brought him out of the house of Micaiah, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Here is your servant. So David said to him, Do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat bread at my table continually. Then he bowed himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? And the king said to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, King called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said to him, I have given to you your master's son, all that belonged to Saul, and to all his house. You therefore and your sons and your servants shall work the land for him, and you shall bring in the harvest that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's son, shall eat bread at my table always. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, according to all that my lord the king has commanded his servants, so will your servant do. As for Mephibosheth, the king said, he shall eat at my table like one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. And all who dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants of Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he ate continually at the king's table 
and he was lame in his feet. Let's pray. Father, help me. Help me to present with simplicity and clarity something from your word. And may your word bring change in our lives. Let there be a seismic shift, a transformation that can only come by your spirit. Help me, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we're continuing, as I said, with the theme for this month, the ties that bind. Last time we looked at the story of Naomi and Ruth. We learned that the ties that bound them were family, were personal, were community, uh, were spiritual, their commitment to God. Theirs was a covenant relationship that was founded upon and led to the outworking of the purpose of God in their lives together. And because of the tie that bound them, which they, they had adhered to, they committed to, they became central in the fulfillment of a common destiny with them becoming the ancestors of King David and of course our Lord Jesus Christ. The challenge of this theme is that in our superficial, in our disconnected, in our fragmented, individualistic, selfish world, God is calling us into a deeper level of commitment of, to community life. The message last time is that Naomi and Ruth, they journeyed together into the unknown, into a place of discomfort, whilst providing mutual support to each other. And it was founded on a combination of elderly wisdom and youthful energy. But together they achieved their destiny and they accomplished God's redemptive agenda for humanity. Last time we were looking at two women who were journeying together towards a common destiny. Today we turn our attention to two people again, but this time two men. So I want to balance the picture, lest I accuse of something that I'm not guilty of. We'll consider the relationship, what the relationship between these two men teach us about the ties that bind us. For in David and Jonathan, the central theme that is that the ties that bind us should be so strong to transcend generation. When ties bind us, the ties that bind us will cut across the generation from the original creators of those ties to their grandchildren. These ties are not momentary. They're not temporary. They're not transient. They're not transactional, but rather they are transgenerational. In this narrative, we see that the grace of God, we see the grace of God at work, and we see in that the face of Jesus. Let's talk about Jonathan and David briefly. The Jonathan, it was who initiated this lifelong covenant, this lifelong tie. One was the son of a king, the other, so he was a priest. Of course, the son of a king is a prince as is the brother of a king, by the way. So Jonathan was a, a prince, whilst J David was a shepherd, the son of a shepherd who had been anointed king. Follow the narrative. David had been anointed king in his father's house by the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel 16. At the same time, King Saul, Jonathan's father, was the de facto king. He had already been anointed and reigning since we read his story in 1 Samuel chapter 9 and chapter 10. But in the process of time, David is recommended by Saul's servant and he becomes a court musician. 
Then we see in the process of time, David is sent to the battlefield to deliver some provisions for his brothers. He is angry at the taunting of Goliath, the Philistine giant. He engages him in battle and he slays him. This is 1 Samuel 17. After the victory, Paul, Saul begins to make inquiries and he speaks to David. After he had spoken to David, the Bible tells us that he would not let David go back to his father's house on a permanent basis. And thereafter, Prince Jonathan did not just take a liking to David. He loved him as his own soul and the two became came into a covenant relationship. What am I going with this? We're saying, and the message is entitled, the ties that bind, David did not forget. The ties that bind, David did not forget. We're talking about a transgenerational tie that bind. And there are seven elements that I want us to consider. God is wanting to bring to our attention as we look at this theme. The first is that, it is rooted in brotherly love and is founded on a blood covenant. The second is that the ties that bind is devoid of jealousy, is devoid of suspicion, and is devoid of fear. The third is that the ties that bind always looks out for each other regardless of family or any kind of external pressure or opposition. Fourthly, that the ties that bind leads us to warn, to advise, and to protect one another. Fifthly, it makes us to lament death and other tragedies in life. Six, it never forgets, it always remembers the covenant commitment and promises for good. And lastly, and this is a key point, that it's always a source of transgenerational blessing. Let's look at them one by one. The first is this, we're saying the ties that bind David did not forget because of the ties that had locked him and Jonathan together. It is rooted in brotherly love and is founded on a blood covenant. You know, there are levels to relationship. There is a level of relationship to say, I like this person. But there is another level of relationship to say, I love this person. This is filial love. And then there is another level of relationship that said, I love this person in totality, unconditionally. The Bible talks about agape love. That's the kind of love that Christ has for us and for the church that he calls us to enter into. And I want to submit to us that the relationship between Jonathan and David was not just I like you. They had entered into a blood covenant, the Bible tells us. They, Jonathan and David, they'd made a covenant friendship, and a covenant of friendship and peace. And it was, if you read the text carefully, in 1 Samuel chapter 20, you find that it was to transcend them and go beyond their generation into the future generation. It, the, the, the interesting thing is this, that they both saw into the future and made sure that the future was covered. Oh, that's what you call ties that bind. It is strategic in nature. It is rooted. You see, the love is a tie that binds. The love between them is a tie that binds. And it was a starting point. Jonathan saw David and saw something in him that made him want to be lifelong friends with, with, with him. One of the sad things in this life is that people are so transactional. 
and abusive. They see something in you. Once they have gotten what they want, they run. See you later. Such people are called abusers. They're not friends. May that not be said of us. We are in a relationship that is founded on the blood of Jesus. May we be those who are devoted, totally devoted. Second thing is this, that ties that bind is devoid of jealousy, is devoid of suspicion, is devoid of fear. We see this in, in the relationship between David and Jonathan. There was no trace of jealousy. There was no trace of any such thing. Jonathan was such a chilled character. I would say he's such a chilled character. He had accepted the position that God had given to David and God had given to him. He had accepted David as king and he gave David his cloak and said, I would be your minister. You will be the king. This is humanity and self-awareness. The ties that bind compels us to recognize the gift and the grace that is upon each other's life and say, this is what God has given to you. This is what God has given to me. We will flow together in the same that direction. Love that binds is not jealous or envious or suspicious. First Corinthians 13. Thirdly, it looks out for each other regardless of external or family opposition. Because David was such a good friend, Jonathan decided to give him some gifts. First, he took off his royal robe. He gave it to David. Secondly, he gave David his armor. This man was disrobing and disarming himself because he saw the grace that was on David. He took off his sword and he gave it to David. He said, I am actually at your mercy. You can kill me, but I know you will not kill me because there is a tie that binds us. Then David gave Jonathan his own belt and his bow and arrow. This is one, I, I could teach on this for the rest of the day, but we don't have time. All these actions are symbolic of something far deeper. More to that. You see, because of this tie, looking out for each other, regardless of family pressure, Saul wanted Jonathan to sell David out. He refused to sell him out. All the pressure, he refused to give David away. He received a brutal assault from the tongues of his father. Saul was so angry. The Bible tells us Saul's anger fled up at Jonathan. He said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman. Don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother who bore you? What about you, father, who bore him? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he must die. What, how wicked. But Jonathan stood his ground, said, I'm gonna, I disagree with you, dad, respectfully. Jonathan stood firm and he was totally committed to David. The third thing, fourth thing is this, the ties that bind combines us, to, com, compels us to warn, to advise and to protect. We see this in 1 Samuel 23, 16 to 18. Saul tried to enlist Jonathan's help so he could kill David. But Jonathan said no, choosing to remain David's friend, warning him of Saul's anger. And so help David to hide. When the two met for the last time in the wilderness of Ziph, this is what happened. They planned that David would be the next king of Israel and Jonathan, his minister. You see, love that binds us, ties that binds us, always looks out for the safety and well-being of the other. And then we flip the picture and we see it from David 
In 2 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 17 to 27, Saul, Jonathan, and Jonathan's brothers have been killed in battle on the mountains of Bilbao by the Philistines. Their body had been despoiled and exposed by the Philistines. The, but the men of Jabesh Gilead had gone and they had rescued, they brought back and buried the bodies in Jabesh. Years later, David went and took their mortal remains and he reinterred them in the tomb of Kish in the land of Benjamin. David then wrote one of the most moving, one of the most amazing elegies and laments that you will ever find in any form of literature. Mm. How the mighty are fallen and the weapons of war perish. He cried out for his friend, even for his enemy, Saul. The ties that bind us cause us to lament. May we always remember and lament. You see, the thing is this, that the ties that bind us never forgets. It always remembers the covenant ties for good. This is where we are landing pad for this message. Right at the heart of this message is this, David remembered. In the passage that we read in 2 Samuel chapter 9 from verse 1 to 13, David never forget. David forgot. David did not forget. That's what happens when ties bind us. We must never forget. David said this. Now David said, is there still anyone left in the house of Saul that I may show him the kindness of God? Kindness for Jonathan's sake. And we read these words. And of course the answer came, yes, there is someone. The answer that came actually was, he's lame in his feet. The answer was not, what's his condition? Is there someone? You see how human beings tend to flip the narrative. Rubbish the boy, Mephibosheth, because this is a young son of Jonathan who had been dropped and was crippled at a very young age. But he was still alive, living in a place of exile in Lodibar, in the house of Amiel. He is brought back and David said, I remember I remember you will come back, you will come back. David did not forget. May we never forget. The ties that bind always clicks in our memory. We will never forget. We must never forget. What happens is this. When we remember, when, when we recall, you see, at the back of David's mind, he knew that there was an obligation that he had committed to. Some of us incur obligations and then forget, go our merry way. Like men who go and have children all over the place. You don't take care of your children. Remember your children. You never know. You hear these stories. This was not on my script. You hear the stories. You know, the boy makes, comes good, becomes famous, or the girl comes good, becomes famous. Now, the silly man wants to attach himself. He wants to, you know, uh, put a pipeline into the millions that is now flowing. There's a certain footballer who shall remain nameless. His father, he just cursed out the man and said, get lost. I don't want to know you. It's like that Nigerian song. He said, know me, when, know me when I'm poor, not when I'm rich. The ties that bind. David did not forget. He remembered. And because the ties that bind, it leads us. It's a source of transgenerational blessing and kindness. Mephibosheth was the beneficiary of his father's good deeds. And the tie that bound him and David. He was reaping where he did not sow. He was called from the wilderness 
and he ate continually at the king's table for the rest of his life. What a wonderful place to be. You're just eating and enjoying, but somebody has done the suffering. That is what happens when ties bind us. The blessings transcends the generation. It happens because David never forgot. May we never forget. May God help us. We're going to, I'm going to conclude in a moment. The, the ties that bind. And the key word here is David did not forget. David did not forget. God is calling you and I. He's calling the world. He's calling the church. He's calling the nations. Calling us to move away from this throwaway, ungrateful, transient, temporary, transactional mindset that we have that pervades our world. We are called to enter into deep, meaningful, permanent relationships. Relationships that stand the test of time. The form of relationship that gives us a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, who did not leave us wallowing in our sin. But he came. That's why the Bible says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. He came into this world. He didn't have to come. And in the story of Jonathan and David, we see a wonderful picture of a tie that has the following features or characteristics. It's rooted in brotherly love and is founded on a covenant of blood. It is devoid of jealousy. It is devoid of suspicion and fear. It looks out for each other. Regardless of pressure, pressure will come from people, external pressure and opposition. It is, leads us to warn, advise and protect one another. It makes us to lament in times of difficulty, in times of the tragedies of life. Not say yes, serves him right. It never forgets, always remember the covenant ties for good. And it's always a source of transgenerational Blessing and kindness. In other words, it shows and demonstrates the love and the kindness and the grace of God across the generation. What is God saying? God says, may we never forget the ties that bind us. May we be like King David who asked this question and it was answered affirmatively. affirmatively. He said, is there anyone who is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And they called Mephibosheth, and says, you will eat at my table. You will eat my, my table continually. For he ate at the king's table, even though he was lame on his feet. May we be a people who never forget because of the tie that binds us. Let's bow our heads. I believe that God is challenging us to think back, run through the memory There are things that you have, yeah, people that you have disconnected from for one reason or the other. And yet those people were a blessing to you. And they have been a blessing. God is saying, reconnect. Don't forget. You are blessed to be a blessing. There is a strong tie that binds the people of God. May we reconnect. May we rebuild. May we refresh. And may we restore. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, may we as a people never forget. Never forget the goodness of God. And may that impel us to always seek to honor you. May we never forget the blessing that we receive from others. May that continue to deepen. May we be a people who are looking out for each other. 
protecting one another, strengthening one another. And may your glory be seen in our lives as acts of kindness are multiplied across the generations and through the generations. In Jesus' name, Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. You just listened to Pastor Emmanuel Mbakwe of the Apostolic Church All Nation Centre in Kennington, London. Our address is 13 Tyres Terrace, Lambeth, London, SE11 5LZ. Call us on 020-7820-9917. Find us on the web at www.apostolic-anc.org. The All Nation Centre, reaching out into the community in practical and caring ways.